Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Environmental Protection Agency released a new sweeping federal plan on Wednesday that's likely to further shrink the nation's fleet of coal-fired plants. The agency finalized new regulations to limit pollution from coal plants and other industrial facilities across 23 states under the Clean Air Act. The plan targets pollution that floats across state lines and creates ground-level ozone, a precursor to smog, in downwind states. EPA's plan comes as the agency has been making a broader effort with this plan and other regulations to push utilities to close older plants rather than shoulder the cost of installing new pollution controls. However, the price tag for compliance for this specific rule could draw resistance. So today, Politico's Alex Guillen on EPA's latest pollution plan in the pushback. It's Thursday, March 16th. So under the Clean Air Act, states have to take steps to reduce certain pollutants that end up floating across state lines and causing air quality problems downwind in other states, which is sort of a fair is fair situation. It's called the good neighbor provision of the Clean Air Act. And what happened here was there's a long and thorny history with this sort of thing. But basically, EPA was under a court order to issue a federal plan for a bunch of states, and because those states either submitted plans that weren't approvable or didn't submit plans at all. And basically, we're coming up on the 2023 ozone season, that's this summer. And this rule specifically targets nitrogen oxides, which is a type of pollutant that's emitted from power plants and other industrial sources, and it forms ground-level ozone, which of course is a component of smog. So it's a big deal for a lot of states where that's an issue. And so EPA put out a big federal plan saying, which states have to cut how much over the next four or five years. Got it. And so how will this plan, coupled with other regulations issued by the Biden EPA, impact the nation's already struggling fleet of coal plants in particular? Yeah. So what's going to happen is utilities that are operating coal plants, particularly older coal plants, some of the oldest, you know, have been operating for maybe 50 years or more, are going to take a look at this. For the immediate future, for 2023 at least, you know, they don't have to install additional pollution controls. They just have to operate what they already have in place at the most efficient level. But starting in 2024 and going forward, plants are going to potentially have to install more advanced controls. And those can be kind of pricey. So utilities are going to have to look at this rule and other rules EPA is working on. You mentioned other regulations. There was just one last week that is strengthening the limits on water pollution that come out of coal plants toxins that come out of in the wastewater streams from burning coal. So there's that. There's obviously the upcoming climate regulations for coal plants and some other stuff that EPA is working on. And Administrator Regan has been clear, all of this he's hoping is going to sort of form a a suite of actions that utilities can look at and go, it's going to be too pricey to upgrade this coal plant. We would rather switch to natural gas, put up some renewables, shut down this coal plant, than pay for all these investments for something that you know, may or may not be generating power for only a few more years. Interesting. And now about the pushback that, of course, is expected from industry and Republicans in Congress. So the price tag of this plan is likely to draw resistance from the companies that own the facilities you report. So how tough will it be for industry to comply and how is it responding so far? 
Yeah. So for the immediate future, like I mentioned, coal plants just have to operate the existing pollution controls they have basically effectively. Going forward, they're going to have to start installing more controls. The other big takeaway from this rule was for the first time EPA is expanding this regulation to cover not just power plants, which of course are used to this kind of regulation, but now they're expanding it to facilities for a bunch of other major industrial sectors like cement, iron steel, glass, pulp and paper, chemical makers, waste incinerators, a bunch of places where they have equipment that emits a significant amount of nitrogen oxides. So those industries are definitely going to be kicking and screaming about this. They're not going to like it. Overall, the regulation comes with a price tag of about $910 million per year. That's million with an M. So almost $1 billion a year in costs, although in practice, those things tend to come a little cheaper. So you're going to be hearing a lot from these industries, particularly when we're in a you know, this ongoing supply chain crunch, you're going to be hearing a lot about how this will raise costs for key products. Got it. And so how is the Biden EPA then justifying the costs? Yeah. So by 2026, once coal plants are facing more stringent requirements and once all these other industries have been brought into the fold, EPA is representing that about 70,000 tons of nitrogen oxides will be saved compared to a business-as-usual scenario for 2026. And 70,000 tons is a pretty significant amount. EPA estimates that overall that would help prevent 1,300 premature deaths because NOx and ground-level ozone and smog all can trigger asthma, they trigger respiratory ailments, they can help create them even, and lead to things like heart attacks potentially as well. So significant amount of avoided premature deaths there and other benefits from reduced instances of respiratory diseases, like I mentioned. Between that and the sort of co-benefit of climate benefits that comes with this, EPA is estimating the benefits annually tally somewhere between $3.7 billion and $14 billion, which of course would be would certainly outclass the cost that they estimated. So they're arguing that this is a, a big step forward for public health, particularly for environmental justice communities that more often than not are bearing the brunt of this kind of pollution being closer to the point sources. Also, on Wednesday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer dismissed the energy package House Republicans recently introduced, calling it, quote, as bad and partisan as it gets, and, quote, a non-starter, as the basis for negotiations to ease permitting for clean energy and fossil fuel projects. House Republicans on Tuesday formally introduced their sprawling energy bill and what will be their first big policy agenda push of the year, with a vote expected on the floor during the last week of March. The bill combines measures to streamline permitting reviews under the National Environmental Policy Act for energy projects and mines, with long-time partisan priorities like prohibiting a ban on fracking, mandating oil and gas lease sales, and disapproving of President Joe Biden's decision to kill the Keystone XL pipeline. However, most of these provisions are unlikely to gain traction in the upper chamber given Democratic opposition. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock 
that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.